Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and the homie. I'm saying to the homie. I'm saying yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm the homie. I keep I doing mean, this rock thing. You talking about yourself in the third? person. I know, bro. I'm geeking. I'm doing some rock thing. I'm doing this rock thing for real. And myself, Ole. What's going on, Will T? Hey, what's going on, Ray? Everything is copacetic on this end, man. Um, no complaints. Beautiful day today. Excited to talk some sports with my guys. You know, go from there. What's going on, Ray? Excited, excited about hockey, Will? <laughs> of course, man. I couldn't sleep. I was just so giddy. I was excited. I've been thinking about this all day. I don't. I don't really like. I don't like your attitude. <laughs> Why don't you like my attitude? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't really sound the excite. I think this like the excitement isn't real. I how many times? To, I need you to kind of. How many times in our text in our um, email? I mean, in our text chain, have I said puck talk? Yeah, you have been saying puck talk. Puck, puck talk. talk. Puck, puck talk. talk. Puck talk. I know you have been saying that. Yeah. This is true. This is true. This is I true. want your excitement to be like genuine. You know what I'm saying? I want the people what makes to, you think, to, to, to build What it. makes you think my want, excitement is not genuine? I, want, I showed up, right? You, you know what? You're in the building. Early. I'm in the building. I, I showed up early. I'm mm-hmm. ready to talk some puck. Yeah, I mean. Puck talk. We may not have to because it seems like the guest is like super late, so we may not even have to talk puck. I mean, well, let's let's get the show started and we'll see how we it goes to, from there. But yeah, I just want to see. You know what? Well, let's tell the people first off before we go into sports about our journey to to. Yes, uh, we PA. went to the to the city of brotherly don't, love. Yeah, don't do no African voice, bro. <laughs> that joint is not yo, Ray. You had to, this dude is doing some coming to America voice, and it sounds like them little fake African voices, dude. I mean, I can hear I can hear him right now, but. I understand where he's coming from. He's making jollof rice. He's trying to become more cold. So nothing exactly. wrong with that. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But nah, we uh Friday night we rode up to Philly, uh, watched the game mm-hmm. and grabbed some cheesesteaks and had some drinks. So yeah. it, was, it was cool. Man, I enjoy I, I enjoyed my Friday, man. It was cool. Even though the weather was gloomy as hell. Yeah, bro. And it was it cold. Was cold. But I enjoyed it, man. Road trip. It's always good to get out, see something, go to a new, different environment, man. It was dope, man. We had a good time, man. Yeah, Absolutely. We had a good time. Ray, you wish you was there, man. Will T, is What's it up? water or is it water? Water. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> you hear this crap? Dude, this official, Dashiki and Ness. He going? Did y'all go? Y'all hey, bro, you know, you know why? You know why he was? Hey, Ray, Ray, know why he wasn't official? You know why he wasn't official? Because he wasn't rocking one important thing, dog. He was rocking these sandals, dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, bro, listen, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm at home, obviously. I'm sorry I can't be in person today. Sorry I couldn't join you guys in Philly. I gotta work on that. But anyway. <laughs> It was some dudes walking down my street. Yolanda was like, yeah, you know, I think they're going to the African brother's house. I was like, obviously. They got on small shirts and 
They all got hate shot. Like, you, you, you can tell all the stuff. Well, they text us talking about I wear a medium or large. I'm like, what? Bro, <laughs> don't, don't fry me. I do wear a medium large. I'm, I I do wear a large. And my large fits, bro. Don't do that to me. They, it fits and it's swell and it's perfect. Don't do that. Okay, you can't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're about right, though. I can't, I, I can't really watch it like that. Because then it shrinks. Like old Navy, it's like old Navy jeans. They be tight. Shut up. <laughs> Y'all know it's true. I know it's true. It is. It's like the rugged warehouse jeans. Them joints be tight as I don't know what. Oh, you never had really went back and I did. Hey, hey, real food do real things, man. Look, real food do <laughs> real right. things, man. I know. Man, what's it at, man? It's like ruined up. But no, what? Will's right. We're gonna have to like start just... with the start with the intro. It's, it's yeah, we should. Yeah, 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 you know, it's fast. You got John Moran now looking like he's out for the playoffs. Yeah, you're and... right. So let me go into the. You're right, bro. Let's go into the sports stuff, like the sports intro and whatnot. All right, Empire, like I mentioned, we're part of the Urban Sports, and also part of AmpireMedia.com. <laughs> Empire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders Insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. You can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher. Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, you make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the local app, with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of all of the Empire shows as well as other great content. And of course, don't forget to tweet the Urban Sports Scene at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like. Our Urban Sports Team Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Team Facebook group. Just search the Urban Sports Team Sports Bloggers, Sports Podcasters, and Sports Debate. Real team. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Hey, young uh, Ray, you watch, no, real talk. Ray, you watch, uh, your kids watch wrestling. I mean, your kid watch wrestling, right? Actually, both my kids. You said both? it right with the S. They both watch. Oh, I'm sorry. Both of them watch. I'm the sorry. older one is, she, the older, is a little right. different. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, you know, so they watch SmackDown. You know the the, the Nigerian dude called uh, Apollo? Yeah. Yeah, he has a fake Nigerian voice, too. Will sounds, that's what Will sounds like. He sounds like the fake <laughs> Apollo. He likes Apollo, the fake Nigerian voice. That's who he sounds like. That thing does not sound right. You sound like you're supposed to be a British Nigerian, but not really. I don't even know. I'm trying to figure out what that is. I don't even know what it is. Anyway, like I mentioned. I'm working on it. I'm shopping work it, man. On it, man. Keep better. working, man. Don't forget, better. man. I tried to do like I was an English Nigerian. I wanted to be like an like English Idris Elba. He's not Nigerian. But I wanted to be like an African. Really? Yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work out? Man, it didn't work. So when you take, take us, gents, it still doesn't work. <laughs> it still doesn't work. I, I've been trying it. Anyway, uh, we're, we're still waiting on WNST's Washington Capitals reporter Ed Frankovich. He, uh, He's supposed to join us to talk about the Capitals Stanley Cup first round matchup against the Florida Panthers. The series is tied 2 2. We'll hope, hopefully, we'll get that knocked off. We don't. We'll talk about something else. At 8 20, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs. Maybe we'll talking about that now, actually. At 8 40, we'll talk about Dimitri Bivol. 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 That's how it is. Mm-hmm. Bivol. Dimitri Bivol. Bivol. Dimitri Bivol upsetting Canelo Alvarez. And finally, oh, oh. What? You want to say something? Sorry. Right? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to jump in in a minute. All right, cool. Finally, in our segment, HBCU Corner, we have a pre-taped interview with Bowie State University football coach Damon Wilson. All right, what you want to say? I was going to say, we're going to skip ahead to a degree. Go ahead. Can we talk about the new pound-for-pound boxing list that just came out today? You want that now? Yeah, I mean, it, Let's talk about if, 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 if Ed Frankovic isn't going to call in, I mean, we love hockey and all, but we're not. I know. I'm disappointed we're not talking about it Bo- right now. Boxing, we're going to talk Canelo. Let's talk course, soccer instead high, or something else. Topic, <laughs> talk soccer? Pound, <laughs> Go this, ahead. This pound-for-pound pound ranking list actually 
is not surprising at the top, but I feel as though it is surprising considering where Tyson Fury is, is and now Shakur Stevenson being in the top ten on that list. Okay, well, Ray, break it, break it down for us. Let us uh, tell us the list. Okay, so number one is uh, Terrence Crawford. Uh-huh. Number two is Canelo Alvarez. Wow, okay. Number three, Alexander Usyk. Uh, y'all gotta help me with some names. Oh, um, <laughs> um, you got some this list. I don't even. I can't even see the list, bro. <laughs> number number four. Well, what do you think about Canelo losing his top, his spot at the top after one loss? He's been more active than everybody else. I'm gonna say uh, that. So and, I, and I, as I'm saying, as uh, y'all respond, I'm gonna send you the list so you you can look at uh, it. <laughs> so that's the. I, I think it's fair to lose this spot. It's I, it's wild because a lot of people have been tweeting us about this. You know, has been tweeting us because I had I had posted this on, you know, on Twitter or whatnot. Um, it's hard because he's fought. He he fought. This dude is bigger. Like Bivol was bigger, right? Skilled. He's undefeated, right? So he's he's fighting a, an elite boxer, right? He is an elite boxer. But that you lost, you lost, and you you lost decisively. Like it's it was an it was down. He dominated the fight. I don't care what the others. I don't know what the scorecards was all about. It was one fifteen. I know. I don't know. I know what it was. I don't know what they were scoring. But he dominated that fight. Oh, and then we have Ed on the line right now too. Okay, I hear a beat. And then we merge right. Let me see if I can add. Actually, I'm had. Hey Ed. Hey guys, sorry about it. No problem. Uh, no late, problem. Coming home from the rink with my boys. Uh, no, no problem, problem at no all, problem. man. Actually, let me actually. Hey, we'll uh, continue to talk. Well, I'm, I have to. All right, man. Right well, right now we have WNST. No, no, no. Talk about the boxing. I'm about to get Ray on. Dude, oh, okay. Can you talk about the list. Talk about your opinion of the list. The list. Well, I, I'll say this. Um, like you, mm-hmm. um, I do. I do think Canelo does deserve to take that. You know, a, a rung go a rung lower on that mm-hmm. list. Be, you know, even though. He lost to a fighter who was, from a skill perspective and a, and a physical right. uh, perspective, was bigger than him. Yeah. Um, I, 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 you know, yeah. it's interesting that they will put him at number two because to me that says, okay, if or when um, Bud Crawford faces against Errol Spence okay. and if er, he were to lose, then the winner of that fight would, it, would you know, will still be. Number one, but there's an opportunity for Canelo to move himself back up to number yeah, one. Definitely, and we'll get we'll get into that. We'll continue that discussion. Yeah, that's what Far- you call BSing this for you, us to get. You, you sure know, did. Good job. Did I job. am so <laughs> proud of you. I am so proud of you. All right, right now we have WNST's Washington Capitals reporter Ed Frankovic on the line. What's up, Ed? Hey, how are you guys doing? I miss talking to you. Oh, same here, man. Same here, man. We appreciate you coming on for us tonight. Thank you so much, Ed. We we do appreciate it. So, Ed, I'm going to start you off real quick. Um, First, um, in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Capitals and Florida Panthers series is tied 2-2. In game four, the Capitals had a 2-1 lead with seconds left in the third period and fell 3-2 in OT. Um, How crushing was that loss? That was a pretty big loss, and, and I'll tell you why it was even worse, because the Capitals did not play well. I mean, they were not the team we saw on Saturday that lit it up. They they had nine shots the last 45 minutes of the game, uh-huh. and that's just not good. Uh, I don't know if the players weren't dialed in um, or what was going on, but the coaching staff, they have to adjust. Um, they have to you have to compete in the playoffs, and to get nine shots in 45 minutes just tells me that you're not dialed in. So, um not only was the loss crushing, uh, they tried to just hang on to a one-goal lead, but um, it doesn't bode well for them um, going back to Florida. Okay. 
Um, you're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. Right now, we are rapping with WNST's Caps Insider, Ed Frankovich. Ed, let me ask you this question. Um, we know how random that the NHL playoffs are, right? Um, or we've been yes. told that. Um, how should fans evaluate, you know, Washington still – you know, after four games, making it 2-2 with this Florida Panthers team, a team that a lot of people thought could potentially get to the Stanley Cup? Well, I think we've seen first where the Capitals are playing at that level they played at in 2018 when they won the Cup. The problem, again, with the Caps, and it's been this way since they won the Cup, is a lack of consistency. Um, it's very – you'll watch them. For example, the third period they played, I believe it was game one, um, the third period was incredible. And then I watched on Saturday and the way they played defensively committing to blocking shot. I mean, Samsonov gives up a horrible goal to make it one nothing. And you're thinking, oh man, here it goes. The caps are going to fall apart. They're getting no goaltending. Um, but then they committed very heavily to blocking shots, covering people defensively and, and being on the puck and outnumbering the Panthers on the puck. Um, but then, you know, you look at last night, they get nine shots in 45 minutes, so they're not working. They're not doing what they need to do. And and when you look at the Penguins-Rangers series, the Penguins are out working the Rangers. And uh, Shesterkin's not playing it well for the, in net for the Rangers. And the Penguins are up 3-1. to one. So the Capitals, if they want any chance to win this series, they got to get back to work in every shift like they did in Game 3. It's got to be Game 3, that type of effort all over the ice that they want to beat this team. Because Florida is more talented. They were the number one team in the league. But, again, Florida's not playoff experience like the Caps are. And that's the disappointing for, thing for me is that the Capitals just don't seem to remember what it took to win the Cup or even win a play. They won a playoff series in four years. Um, it, it, it's very disappointing. Ed, this is Ray, and it's good to talk to you. When Barry Trout got fired, he's like the best coach ever to get fired on the time. <laughs> uh, I thought about you instantly, so it's great to hear your voice today. And I just want to ask, I have one question that's been assigned to me by the producer, but I have to ask all the <laughs> questions. Um, wh why is it that this team seems so inconsistent? Like fans on social media were killing them game two for their poor power play. And then, like you just described, game three, they come out and they play almost a near-perfect game. Why is there such inconsistency with this team, considering the playoff experience they had? Yeah, and I think one of the big problems is is the goaltending, right? I think that's a problem. Mm -hmm. They do not have elite goaltending at all. Um, uh, Vanacek was, you know, he did what he could for a while, but he was in over his head. And um, I think what happened in that game three was they came out strong and he gave up a couple weak ones. And, you know, the team just let down. The mental resolve wasn't there. Mm. Me, you know. Again, you know, to answer your question, you want to be consistent. you got to have a mental resolve to want mm. to work as hard as you can on every shift. And I think that that's lacking in this hockey team, especially with Tom Wilson out of the lineup. Sweet. So you missed a goaltender. Who's going to be the goaltender this coming well, uh, game five? Off. I mean, I think he's, he's earned the net. Um, he's played decent. The problem with Sammy is he just gives up a stinker every now and then. And you just can't win in the playoffs giving up a bad goal every game. Um, they managed to overcome it on Saturday, giving up that early, really bad goal. Uh, but, again, the team played really well in front of them. And I think they, they don't have they don't have Braden Holpe in his prime, let's be honest. And they don't have Olaf Kolzik in his prime. Um, mm -hmm. These two guys are nowhere near that level. And it's hard to win in the playoffs unless you get everybody committed and working. Pittsburgh's on down to their third goalie. But they're winning because the team is committed, right? And and the Capitals have shown stretches of that 
but you know, without Tom Wilson, that's a big factor. And and Ovi's definitely not 100, percent but he's playing well. Um, but yeah, on, on Barry Trotz, um, he lasted four <laughs> years with Lou Lamarillo, <laughs> which is pretty good. I mean, if you look at Lou Lamarillo's record, but he fired uh, coach 16 times in 35 seasons. So uh, uh, Barry's going to end up somewhere. He'll end up somewhere good. Um, he'll be fine. <laughs> so, so, so Ed, we we got a tweet uh, from from our friend George, uh, and he tweeted, "It was a crushing uh, crushing loss, but I can't even count the number of times that exact script has played out the last three years." You any any comments about that? Well, your your uh, tweeter is spot on, right? <laughs> They've had chances to win series. I mean, against Carolina, the first year after Trotz left, there's no reason they should have lost that series. Uh-huh. I mean, they let it get away from them down in Carolina. They had all the momentum. I think they thought that they could just show up and win. Again, um, I, I was not a Todd Rubin fan, as you know. I don't think he's a good head coach. I think he's a good assistant. Yeah. Um, and then they just haven't. And then the next year was that crazy COVID season, and Carlson's got a bad knee, so I kind of throw that one out. But, you know, then last year, uh, first game, they beat Boston. But, again, you could see the commitment wasn't there. They weren't playing the right way, and their D was slow. They had Chara back there. He's ancient. He, you know, Lamarillo brought him in, in the island. He just can't skate anymore. He doesn't belong in the league anymore. So, but the Capitals' defense is much more mobile. I mean, I'm really happy about Faravari. I mean, he has a bright future. Dimitri Orlich has played well. Carlson has played well. Um, they have to hide the guys like Justin Schultz. Nick Jensen's been good, but Justin Schultz and Van Reeves, like you have to hide a bit. But the defense, the blue line, is way better than past years. But the consistency up front, especially with Wilson coming out of that lineup, is just a huge hole. And uh, it's going to be hard to overcome. They're going to have to try and find a way to play at the level they did in game three if they're going to, if they're going to find a way to win, one of these, win this game down there in Florida tomorrow night. Well, hopefully they can step up without Tom Wilson. But, uh, um, Ed, before we let you go, we appreciate you being on. Before we let you go, is there anything you would like to add? Anything you want to drop? Any type of – you want any promotion? And you want to promote anything? No, <laughs> um, you know, you guys are uh, you guys are it for me, you know. So I uh, <laughs> come on and do your show. <laughs> I love the urban sports scene, so um, I'm really happy. You feel free to reach out to me. And I apologize about being on a little late, but you know, you can get a hold of me anytime. I love talking sports with you guys. Um, I'm happy you guys are hockey fans, you know, and uh, we have a lot of other common interests with football and basketball and all the other sports. Um, so it's always a pleasure coming on your show, chatting with you guys. I appreciate you having me on. I love what you're doing. I follow you on Instagram. I keep up with you guys, seeing who you have on each week. I love it. So keep thanks, doing thanks. good stuff. Guys. Thanks, Ed. We Thank you, Ed. That, we man. greatly Ed, appreciate before that. Before you go, Ed, we got to have you on the talk Ravens versus Commanders, the differences in how the franchise is <laughs> run. There's some people out here who have misinformation and is killing us right now. We need your, we need your backing. <laughs> we do, though. We'll talk. Time, we do. When you have time, we do need your backing. This is true. I would love to, I would love to have that conversation. Right. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends that are Commanders fans, a.k.a. Redskins, Skins. Um, I grew up in Laurel in the, in the DMV, in, you know, in the, hey, right between hey, the two yes. cities. Yeah, my dad had Colts tickets. That's why I became a Baltimore fan. Oh wow! But um, the Redskins, though, in the in the eighties and early nineties, I mean, just you know, what a dynasty with Bobby Beathard and Joe Gibbs, right? They won with three different quarterbacks, three different running mm-hmm. backs. But the but what did they have consistently? The that line, offensive right? line. And yep. And I think the Ravens recently and have gotten coach. away a little bit from their lines and a coach. And a coach. <laughs> the Ravens have gotten. Ravens got away from their lines, and I love what they did in the draft where they just drafted a lot of linemen, DBs. Um, mm-hmm. um, it, you got to build your team from in football on the line of scrimmage out. You have to have a quarterback. 
I mean, the Ravens have a quarterback, but they need to get something around him. Definitely, I agree. I agree. That's because he's a good kid. He's, he has a lot of he has a lot of sound. Not potential. He's he is the guy. He's a, he's no potential about it. He's a, he's done what he needs to do. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, Ed, we'll, we'll be in touch, Ed. Don't Ed, we worry. Will. Thanks again, Ed. We'll, we'll be in touch during the summer to Anytime, just further discuss friend. this. Yep. All you guys, be well, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Appreciate you. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Right. Take care now. Take care. You hear that, Bram? <laughs> yeah, you hear that? You hear that? We go. We got to bring Bram and Ed, Ed at the same time. Yes, and, and we're going to talk the differences. Yes, and we're going to hash Facts. it out. Facts. And we're going to have a big Baltimore afterwards, even though I'm not a fan of either team. Sorry. I mean, should I read this? I, I mean, I thought it was only two people on the show. Because <laughs> you Wally and Ray. You know what happens right. though? You know why? We know why they have us, right? What's what do you that? always say? Break time. So that's why. <laughs> that's keeping the buck. That's why. That is, that's why it happened. I'll read it for you because you don't want. No, it's you all want good. Read it? it's, it's all I'll good, man. Listen, I'm, I got thick skin, man. <laughs> all right, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs after the break. It's the Urban Sports Scene on Empire Media. What? It's EmpireMedia.com. <laughs> To the urban sports scene with Will T, Wole, and the homie Ray Jeezy. And we're part of Amp Pyre Media at ampiremedia.com. Yes, sir. Game five of the Sixers Heat Series is taking place right now. If you'd have heard the guys during the break, you would have known that's what they're paying attention to. But we got to show Ed Frank a big love because they held it together even though they were focusing on the game. Joel B looking like he might be injured. The series is currently tied 2 2. Thoughts on the series, Will T? Um, it's been an entertaining, entertaining and interesting series, especially these last two games, games three and four, uh, with Joel and B back. Now they're back in Miami. Um, Miami was, you know, did get out to a uh, a lead through the second quarter, through six minutes and eleven seconds, uh, second quarter. They're up twelve. Um, so, but you know, the the what I've noticed anyway is. Since MB's had that face mask on, he hasn't been as physical and hasn't been as dominant um, as he's been through the pre through the regular season and the first round of the playoffs. Um, but ultimately, like I said, I, I think this Miami team is, is too deep for Philadelphia to overcome. That's just my opinion. I know that um, when you look at this team, and Wale, man, you were actually having an interesting conversation yeah. about um, this team. You know, you you look at uh, 
Check the, yeah. Miami versus Philadelphia in the rosters, you know, obviously, you know, if you say, okay, let's pick, you know, if I had to put the, if you put both teams together and then you said, I'm going to, you know, give me and you a pick, the first two picks arguably. are probably going to, arguably are going to be MB and Harden. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my argument was, I think picks three through maybe eight or nine are going to be guys from Miami. And I think that depth is ultimately is going, what's going to take them over the top. Yeah, I, I think that Miami is a deeper team than the Sixers. Um, but you know, you got players like you know, I love like Thibel. I think he's one of the best, one of the better defensive players in basketball. That and also uh, better coaching. Yeah, 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 better coaching. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think yeah, I suppose a better coach. I yeah. think at this particular point in time, suppose a better coach. Um, but you got I like Thibel. I like I, I mean I think Tobias Harris is a, is a is a is a is a, is a high percentage score. Um, he doesn't need to shoot the ball X amount of times to score 20. He's a guy who can score and an efficient, a nice efficient clip. Um, doesn't take dumb shots. Um, I think they have talent enough around their two megastars to be better than certain teams. Like, for instance, the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe, um, if you told me were they deeper in certain, some other teams in, in, that they won their championship with, no, they weren't. They just were more dominant at that certain position, like the center position, and you had a two-guard who could score buckets, and you had good role players like Derek Fisher and whatever. They weren't deep. But you had two stars, two studs, and the rest can take you to take you to a certain point. But I think what you you alluded to, and that's a fair point, you know, is is right. Um, you know, Shaq and Kobe. The difference between Embiid and Shaq is this: Embiid that we're seeing right now isn't playing with that level of dominance and physicality that we're used to yeah. seeing from him during the during the regular no, season right. and the first round of the playoffs. I agree. So go to your point is he, you know. He has his injuries. He's like more concerned with the injury rather than just playing basketball. Um, and we've seen in the past that certain players who've had like you know facial injuries or jaws wearing the mask, they tend to, in the postseason it doesn't bother them. You know some some will play even better. You saw Rip Hamilton uh, used to play play better with the mask. Uh, Kobe would play with the mask. And you know some people kind of take it on as a badge, of, like almost like a badge of honor. Like all right, you know you, I'm hurt, but I'm still give you the, I'm still give you this thirty. You know what I'm saying? And it's not going to hurt my game. You know what I'm saying? You may think, look at it as a weakness. I'm going to look at it as a strength, and I'm going to give you buckets. So it just depends who you are and your mentality, right? I don't necessarily disagree with either of your points. I'm not going to add too much to it because you all summed it up pretty well. Although I want to highlight that most of the pressure, I said this last week. Well, actually, that was a different show. Sorry, I'm all over the place. But I, I said it last week when I was on air on, the, on another show that the pressure in my eyes, not on Embiid, it's on Doc Rivers. Uh-huh. Doc Rivers has a history, of course, of not of his teams not performing well in the playoffs. And right now, because of his questionable decision in the first round to keep Joel on the court, and then Joel, of course, getting injured, uh-huh. people already adding fuel to the fire that he is not the guy to carry a franchise to a championship. Of course, you have KG, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce. That's that. That's easier. But right now, he's coaching a generational talent, Joel. So I think there's as much pressure on him, if not more, on on um, Doctor Rivers and Embiid. That's just my personal opinion. I love Tyrese Tyrese Maxey's growth. I think me too. I like I think Tyrese Maxey. Co- I think Willis. I think Willis correct in terms of the roster construction, and Eric Spoelstra has developed so well as a coach over the years yeah. that he may have the edge in terms of playoff coach. Yeah, I think he does have the. I do. I think I think he does have the edge as playoff coaching. He just he just he knows how to pick the you know uh, push the buttons and. Also, I'd like to give Pat Riley <clears throat> and their front office some credit, too, because they just they bring in guys who fit the Miami culture, right? Like when they got P.J. Tucker. If you said P.J. Tucker, which <laughs> team do you fit? 
if you're not with the Milwaukee Bucks, who do you fit the most? It's the Miami. It's the Miami Heat, right? Like it's a perfect fit. It's like that grit and grind mentality. You may say he's like an old school Memphis Grizzlies type of player, right? Like that type of team and that type of culture. So he he fits the Miami Heat. Um, I am, I'm surprised that this you know even though you know you're still in striking range being down 14 because right now the score is 36-50. Um, but I'm surprised with the NBA knowing what. I mean, what they were in the momentum they're riding in Philadelphia. I'm surprised like this game isn't closer. Well, I mean, there are a couple things. Mm-hmm. One, um, I believe, I believe that last night when they got into Miami, Doc Rivers gave those guys the night off, and they're in Miami. Mm. So, uh, you know what that means? Okay. Um, that's one. And two, as I told you, man, this team, I'm not gonna say lives and dies with MB, but MB definitely sets the tone for this has team to, at yeah, this has point. To. Um, and the guys, you know, they, the guys on that roster, they, they, they go off of his energy. And I think anyone who has seen him play over these, you know, these past couple of games knows that he is physically or I'm not physically, he isn't, he isn't playing as physically imposing as he used to. And I think that's because of the mass. I think he has a mental hurdle that, um, is kind of blocking him and, and, you know, preventing him from being his usual dominant self during the um, that that he was during the regular season, being an NBA's leading scorer. Yeah, I, I definitely can see it because I think he should be playing more forceful in, in this in this game five. This is the swing game. This is a game that if you can take, you can take control of the series. Yeah, I think it's eighty four percent of the time, whoever wins game five in a, in a tied up series, seven games, mm-hmm. wins the series. I think it's, it's it's a game that if you if it be placed to its capability. It's a game that, that it shouldn't be a blowout, put it that way. It, should, it shouldn't be a blowout, but we'll see. All right, you're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Media at EmpireMedia.com. All right, in another Game 5 matchup, the Phoenix Suns with Coach of the Year, Monty Williams, will take on the Dallas Mavericks later on tonight. First off, what are your thoughts on Monty Williams coach, uh, being Coach of the Year, and what do you expect from the Suns tonight? Um, the series is tied 2-2, right? Hey, of course we're biased on this show. We love Monty Williams, former guest. PD County a, a resident, alum of Potomac High School, just an all-around good brother. It's good to see the success with the Suns. I don't think it's talked about enough how much he's turned that franchise around. Many critics said last season was a fluke because of injuries to other teams. Because Anthony Davis wasn't there, that's the only reason the Suns advanced. Well, this year, I believe the Suns are proving that as a group, uh, a well-coached group with versatile talent, such as Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges that they can either equal or exceed their success from last season. Obviously, their regular season, they had more wins. So I'm hoping that he'll get the credit that he's due, and I'm, I'm hoping that it'll uh, end in a title for the Suns. I'm impressed with, of course, what he's done, considering they went to the bubble, not even being in the playoff or play-in picture, and fast forward just two seasons. They're, they're, they're championship contenders, and they're considered favorites. So just an amazing job. I believe that right now the reason why the series is tied is because the Dallas Mavericks are playing like the tougher team. There's one criticism I have about the Suns. Sometimes they tend to play a bit soft, and they play finesse basketball, and you cannot win like that in the playoffs. They're going to have to step up the physicality, and also they're going to have to become mentally tough. And Franklin Vick talked about this that just now. You got Chris Paul. Of course, he should be paying attention to his family, but right now, if you look on social media, that's all they're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you got to block that stuff out, and you got to focus on the prize because Chris Paul, all he needs is a championship to cement his legacy. 
So Monty Williams, this whole Greg Popovich coaching tree that he's competing with. I mean, Odoka, uh, who else um, is, is, is a, a Greg Popovich? Tyler Jenkins. Mike Budenholzer. So you, yeah. you, got, you got these guys who are. His tree is like that. Who are <laughs> right, of course, who are out here coaching that Popovich style, that physical, tough style, and I feel like that's what the Suns lack. So overall, of course, they play excellent brand of basketball. They don't even shoot as many threes as most NBA teams. So I love the Suns, but that brother coaching across from that light skin point guard, Jason Kidd, you gotta give him some love too. Should be he in LA. Turning this, he turned this crappy group. I, the, the, the roster isn't even that great. People are laughing on Twitter bro. like this. Is the ex Wizards, it's Dinwiddie and Bertans out on the court. And they, they, they're they even right now. So it's an amazing series. Not the most entertaining in my eyes either, but I, I love Monty Williams. I love the Suns team because I feel as though they're the most talented in terms of just uh, as a group and they have the most cohesiveness. The wrong coach left LA. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Um, go ahead. No, I, I, I would say I, you made some, you made some um, good points, right? The only thing I would say is if you notice during those two games when Phoenix has been able to win, <coughs> excuse me, um, excuse me, when um, Dallas has been able to win, if you notice during the season, um, Phoenix has done a great job, and I think I said this last week, of packing the lane and, um, and running guys off of, running teams off of the three-point line. Those two losses, if you see Luka's been able to get by guys one-on-one and create passing lanes to, you know, for guys to hit open threes, and guys have been late on their rotation. So I think that's to me, that's probably one of the big, the biggest, or one of the bigger reasons why uh, Phoenix hasn't been successful in those two games. But like, um, I'm hoping also that uh, Coach Monty Williams is able to get that t- get a championship this year. Um, he's just a tremendous testament as a as a person, as a man, yes. and also as a coach. And also, if you read more about his story, just perseverance. Um, you know, some of the things he's his family has suffered over the past couple of years. Um, it's just a te- it's just great to see guys who like that who have uh, tremendous values, and is also a good coach. And you talk about roster um, built, you know, the makeup of a roster. That team is literally, and I think I said they this did. last year, just one for one when they whenever they go to their second develop, their second unit. You know, like you can't easily replace guys like um, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but you know Payne and Shambert. Their games, I'm not. It's not definitely not on the level of those two, but there are definitely some similarities between you know um, that backup backcourt and that starting backup. The sure, way they Cameron, play. Cameron and Cam Johnson. Yeah, Shoot. Cam Johnson. That's a young man that's going to get paid. He should be a starter, and he and he and he's a and he's a valuable player off the bench. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he can start on multiple teams. They have a deep team, a deep squad. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Amber Alert on, and now I have to I have to mute Ray's because Ray's hooked up to my phone. Yeah, yeah. But I don't worry. Once this Amber Alert thing goes off, I'll put Ray back on. Ray, I'll let you know when you get back when you're back on. I think you. I think we should be good now. Ray, you're good now. Ray, thanks, man. There you good. I had to make sure. So, but when you look at, and also I wanted to say this before Amber Alert thing hit my hit my phone. I wanted to say that if you want to listen to Monty Williams, Coach Monty Williams, uh, and how great he is, you just listen to an archive of urban sports scene. You know. Interview with him and him and Cross us. Promoting. You know what I I'm mean, saying? So just search like Urban Sports and Monty Williams. It pops up. You know what I'm saying? You just know how great Monty is. It just as a person, as a human being. But in terms mm-hmm. of you know what he's brought, what what he's done with the Phoenix Suns in two years, Ray. You're right. You know a lot of people usually make they make up stuff about why they went, why they got to the finals or whatever, and use all the excuses or whatnot. But the, the fact of the matter is that 
what he's done with the Phoenix Suns within the three seasons he's been there has been amazing. Is it three or four? I want to say three or four. Like I know that even the bubble and was he was he there before the bubble? Yes, I believe so. Right? Yeah. He was, the, he yeah. was there before the bubble, right? For about four years. Mm-hmm. The turnaround has been amazing. Right, it has been because he's 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 taught this team a winning culture, and he's done it with baby steps. No, I'm sorry, that was his first, that was his first, first year, year, right? So three years, I'm right. First, yeah, I thought you meant. Before, I thought you meant. No, no, I'm right. This is third year. No, this is third year. This, yeah, this is third year. No, so he has of, built a winning culture from the, since he's gotten there. A, a winning personality, a winning mindset. Because in the bubble, they were they were playing in that bubble for like they winning. They were playing for something. Right. Undefeated. They, you know they what I'm saying? Hard. Yeah, they undefeated. They played hard. Then he built that into number to year two. All you did was add Chris Paul, you, another guy with a winning a point guard. We all we all we all want to get a ring. Want to see get a ring because he's been one of the better, one of the best point guards of well, the probably to me the best point guard of his generation. Right yeah. now, and and has in my, up, in my, my I mean in my opinion, opinion he's been yes. the best point guard um in his generation. Um and add that into to this to what Monty has built built in terms of a culture, which was a perfect fit, took him to the NBA Finals. Year three right now had the best record in the NBA, has an opportunity to get, get, to get back to the Finals. I don't think there's any luck about it, any you know circumstances. Nope. You could say the same thing about the Golden State Warriors. No one uses that against them. So I don't want to hear this about um, Monty Williams and this, this, whole, this whole regime and this whole unit. What he's done with this team and how he's coached and how they – and how – James Jones, as well as in terms of the G, as a general manager, has constructed a line, a, 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 a team and a roster of players that Will has talked about that they are deep. Like they can man for man, they can give you play, bodies off the bench. Okay, they can come off. They can come off the bench with Javale McGee, Cameron Cameron Johnson. I'm um, Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne. Um, I'm trying to think of. Or there's a couple, few other individuals on off their bench. Um, Shambert. Shambert. There's there, what's the dude is um. That's another player. Craig, Craig, Craig. Huh? Craig. Craig. It's somebody else, and there's another player, but I, I can't think of it. I'm not going to like try. JaVale McGee. I, I mentioned JaVale. But, but, then, but, but you also, I mean, on your starting There's Mac Biombo. That's another good one, too. You know what I mean? Like, they have bigs. They, they have what, everything you need to win a championship. They got a killer in, in, in Booker. They got a killer in Paul. In Paul when healthy. Um, they have... They got they, Aaron Holiday. They, yeah, Aaron Holiday. And also they got they got a, they got the, the grunt worker and Crowder. They they have a big, a versatile young big who can dive to the basket, play defense. DeAndre Ayton, who was the number one pick overall. So they to me they are a they are a super talented team. They have everything you want. They're well coached, and coaching is important in the NBA. And they have the right guy to lead them. I think you know game five game five is is important for them to set the tone. They have. To, I feel like they have to blow out the Mavericks to let them know. All right, you're not supposed to be on, on the court with us. And I think Game Six they take them out. They blow them out in Game Five. I believe they take them out in Game Six. I believe Suns and Six as well. What you think, Will? No, I believe Suns and Six also. That's what I'm talking about. I love when the whole awesome the whole across game. the board. I love it, I love fellas. It. Tomorrow, tomorrow has a couple Game Five matchups as well. Uh, Warriors versus Grizzlies is one of those matchups, and. John Moran looking like he's out for the playoffs. What do you guys think about that series? Uh, I was disappointed. Um, I'm not going to say shocked, but disappointed to hear that John Morant would be out. Um, even though, you know, the Warriors are up 3-1 currently, that that was a very interesting, you know, series, just the level of competitiveness. Even yesterday, without Ja. Yeah, well, even without Ja yeah. um, yesterday. And that team, you know, that Memphis Grizzlies team is so young, right? Uh-huh. Um, so – you 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 never want to see a, a star play a superstar player like John Morant go out in the playoffs because you know um, you you always ask what, what if, the, what, what, if? What, if? Yeah. but um, 
I'll say this though. Um, that's a young team, and I think you know if they aren't able to advance past the Warriors, that's just one of those you know that another uh, step you, you know, know on so. that on that level. You know, as we've all seen, great teams they they yeah. have to go through these things. You Even know, they the get, yep, they have those, they have those hurdles. You know, if you think back to the Suns, the Suns in the bubble, right? They um, weren't able to make it, yeah. weren't able to make it into the playoffs. Um, they even though they won eight straight, then. Last year, you know, with the um, in the NBA Finals, they come they came across Giannis, who played um, a series for the ages, and you know, um, he was extremely dominant. And then, you know, this year, so you know, as you see the Suns, you know, matriculating and you know taking different steps and going through that process, you know, even if John Moran isn't able to play, this will be one of the, you know this is great as a sports fan to see this team go through that process, and hopefully one day they will make it to the NBA Finals and win a championship. Man, I feel bad. I feel bad for Ja. Uh, this is a this is a stage that I know he wanted. I mean, he's a, and he was looking dominant, uh, even in the loss. The, the game that he did get hurt, he was looking dominant, right? Um, he put up, he put up, he gave this, he gave he gave um, the Warriors like forty plus in game two when they needed it. Game three, I believe, it was like thirty plus. Um, then he got hurt. Um, so, and then in this game here, you know, um, the, I mean, game, um, sorry, game four, where they, you know, which they didn't have without him. Um, they were competitive, had a good opportunity. They had a, a, a good opportunity to steal game four and, and make the series 2-2. Uh, but you had Steph down the stretch, uh, Draymond with a key block uh, to, seal, to seal the deal for the Warriors to win. But I feel for Ja, like I do. I feel for Ja because he was pulling the stage. This was the stage. You're going against the Warriors. It doesn't get any bigger than that. You know, a healthy Warriors squad. This is a squad that, you know, this unit with those three in, in Clay, Steph, and Draymond, you know, they're champions. You look at them as champions, and this was an opportunity to kind of like say, you know what, we here, like we definitely here. You got to see me, and you, and he's not even. And the thing about it, what was dope about Job, and if you anybody who watched Game Two, he wasn't scared of the moment. He wasn't scared of him. He wasn't scared to talk trash to Steph. He wasn't scared to talk trash to Draymond. He he wants the smoke, right? So you want to you want to kind of want to see that kid, and that with that in that in that in that spotlight, because everybody doesn't watch Memphis Grizzlies games. Like, we all don't. You know what I'm saying? So now you get the opportunity to kind of brand yourself even more for everybody to see on prime time. Only smoke I want is brisket. Smoked brisket. Smoked brisket? Yeah. Only smoke, my man. Smoked brisket. By the way, the, the, the Washington Mystics are putting on a performance way. Just oh, Slim Ballin. Take a second and have a turnaround. She balling. My girl they're, they're up by 14 right now on the Aces after being down double digits in the first half. But. Celtics Bucks, real quick. Marcus Smart and Al Horford led away yesterday. Oh yeah, they did. Giannis Antetokounmpo's little fire at Al Horford, and that man went off, knocking down threes, dunked on Giannis. Good series. That might be the most entertaining, the best defensive series. Yeah, I, I believe. So. I believe it's going seven. Who you got in that series? I believe it's going seven. Also, <coughs> excuse me, but I, I think that uh, ultimately the Bucks win the series. Uh, I got, I got, mm. I got Boston. I think Boston is playing well. I think, like you mentioned, the coaching tree. I think. Uh, I want to call him Holly Burry's, uh, Holly Burry's husband. No, that's Nina. That's Nina, 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 Nina Long. Sorry, Nina Long. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Nina Long. Ume Adoka. Yeah. Say it again. Ume Adoka. Ume Adoka. That's a Ume Adoka. Say it again for me again. Ume Adoka. Adoka is Adoka. Adoka. Ume Adoka. Ume. He may be Nigerian, so I should, I should know better. Um, but yeah, Nia Long's husband. Excuse me. Thank you for correcting me. I thought I meant to say Nia Long's husband. You know what you say? All I say, all light skin chicks looking like. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, 
Where was I going with it? Yeah, yeah the, ball, the, the Celtics. I had the Celtics winning. <laughs> I, know, I almost forgot what I was thinking about Nia Long. Then I started thinking about Nia Long. Then I started thinking about Nia Long. Um, uh, but, yeah, I got I got the Celtics winning. I think Jason Tatum. You know I like Jalen Brown. I think that dude is just a, is a, is a baller. I just feel like it's a perfect – some, some players are just a perfect fit for an organization. And, like, when they lost Al Horford, you can tell it hurt them, right? You brought him back. You brought uh, – is it Tice? Yeah, they brought tight. Like it's some people for Boston, when you bring back their core, they just feel better. Like the locker room is just better. The team is just better. I mean, it's, it's that, and also it's the way that those guys play and they um, protect, accentuate the, the skills of uh, Hor- uh, um, Hor- Tate, uh, Tatum, Tatum and, 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 and Brown. Yeah. They do, and I think it fits. It helps out. Honestly, it helps out a player like Marcus Smart. He has more guys like him. Like grunt work dudes, and I and actually, truth be told, I do want to call like I think Jalen Brown is a grunt work type, but he's a star with a grunt work type mentality. of mentality. Yeah. Like I like, like I think Jalen Jalen Brown's a I, dog. I'm, I'll be honest, I think Jalen Brown is the second best defender on that team, and Mark and uh, Robert Williams is the first best. Oh, I think Jalen Brown's a better defender than you talking about the Tatum compared to Tatum. No, but compared to um, our defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. He's smart. Uh, Marcus Smart's the best. Uh, Jalen Brown is a better defender. Oh yeah, I think he's a, well. He's a because he could he takes on the challenge. He's a dog. I think Jalen Brown's just a dog. Ray, who you have, man? I do have the Bucks at seven as well. Although because the absence of Chris Middleton, I'm walking on shaky ground, my friends. I knew that coming into the series, but Giannis, he is right now the best player in the league. I'm sorry, and yeah. when you have the best player, to me that tips the the scales in your favor, and Giannis, is, he's been unstoppable. But Boston plays such good team defense, as does Milwaukee. What surprised me yesterday, just real quick, is that Marcus Smart, he was bodying Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday usually bullies folks, uh-huh. and Marcus Smart gave it right back. And it's just an entertaining series, but I do have the Bucks in seven as well. Cool, cool. All right. Um, I'll, take that. I'll take us a break. You want to take us a break, Will, or let me take us a break? I can do it. I can do it, My man. My man, cool. Bibble shocked the world by defeating Canelo. <laughs> we'll talk about that, what that means for the boxing world after the break. It's the Urban Sports Scene on Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Edo Kuja with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole, Ray, and myself, Will T. We're part of Empire Media. All right, guys. Over the weekend, uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend, Dimitri Bivol shocked the world and beat Canelo Saul Alvarez <laughs> by unanimous decision. What are your thoughts, Wole? Well, let me ask you this. Did you, did you see the fight? Yeah, I saw the fight. Okay. Yeah, um, domination. Did you pay for the fight? That's a whole different question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want that answer? Like, no. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, I thought the fight. I thought Bibble, uh, Bibble 
had a great fight. Like per he was a, it was a perfect fight. He fought the great fight, great game plan going into the fight. Um, he was he dominated on my card. I know they gave Canelo three rounds. Um, I gave Canelo one round. Um, nah, they gave him more than three rounds. It was one. No, oh, no, 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 not that one. No, no, no. I'm talking about the actual, not the judges. I'm talking about the people who did the. I know they gave him three. Fit, uh, Ooh, fits. Yeah, the zone. The person who did the zone gave him three rounds. I know what you're talking Chris about. Chris Maddox. Yeah, Chris Maddox gave him three rounds. The judges gave him it was one fifteen, one thirteen, which I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, where did you see? Where did you see that even being that? It was no swing rounds. They weren't that many swing rounds anyway for that to be the case. But anyway, I won't get into. We'll get into that later. But in terms of my overall opinion of the fight, I was highly impressed with him with Bivol. Like the jabs, the combination off the jab, um, the distance, how he kept distance. Um, like he wasn't he wasn't scared of Canelo of his defense. He didn't let Canelo really get through with them some of the punches. Um I don't and for Canelo's game plan, I thought Canelo looked for more of the trying to just knock him out um mentality and it just didn't work out. Um I would also like to I thought that Canelo got a little gassed in that fight. Um so but in terms of the game plan, uh Bevel, I was highly impressed with him. Ray, go ahead, and then I'll give my thoughts. I'm going to spend too much time because we'll let you broke it down. Bivol, of course, came in with an awesome game plan. And I don't know if Eddie Reynoso in this fight tried to make the same adjustments mm-hmm. in comparison to Osvaldez versus Shakur. When Osvaldez was obviously losing, he was saying, you got to go to his body. You're looking for one shot. With Canelo, what I felt is him and Canelo knew at some point I can get him out of here because I'm Canelo. And Eddie Reynoso, I think, did not necessarily have the adjustments in place because they were shocked. You know, they had just this singular mindset going in because they were planning for the Triple G trilogy. They were planning for him moving up again. They're talking about finding some bigger guys. So this was humbling, if anything, for also camp to say, okay, while Canelo was off, we still have to do the basics. We got to get to work. Because as you saw Bibble's arm, they would beat the heck up. You seen the next day, Canelo was swinging hard. Mm-hmm. But. I feel as though he could have went to body more, try to break him down and get that guard to come down. And I think that would have helped him win a few more rounds. Just think about it. All he needed to do was win the 12 rounds, and you had a draw. Simple as that. So Eddie Reynoso needs to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what do we need to do to make sure this doesn't happen again? Because our is cannot carry the sport. We cannot have to fall off. But that was a great fight about about Bivol. Um, so... Just to, I'm pretty sure this has been said somewhere out there. But if you if you think about what Canelo tried to do, he he tried to do he tried to use the same strategy against Colin Smith uh-huh. and also um, also Kovalev uh-huh. mm-hmm. and all um, and also um, yeah Colin Colin Smith uh, Kovalev and I forgot who's the last guy. The he big, uh, last big Billy, Billy 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 Joe Saunders or Liam Smith. Liam, um, Billy Billy Joe Saunders. Which was, you know, those guys were all physically, they were taller than yeah. him, right? And physically bigger than, naturally bigger than him. So what he tried to do was, behind that high guard, he wanted to beat their arms. Mm-hmm. And then once he beats their arms, they start to drop their, you know, they drop their guard a little bit. And then he's able to jab more to the midsection. Or, you know, or if they have, the, while they have their guard up high, he's able to, you know, work the body. But ultimately, what happened was, you know, Canelo was throwing, you know, it may not have looked like it to us, but he was loading up and he was throwing very big shots. If you notice, Canelo 
a lot of the uh, most of the punches that he landed, he landed those punches when he was very flat footed, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't land those punches while he was on his toes, you know. So letting you letting me know that he wasn't effectively jabbing and he wasn't effectively using his hook when he was in motion. Um, but um, you know, it was in my opinion, it was it was a flawed plan by you know Canelo and his team. But I don't I don't want to take away from Bevel, yeah, no, um, because you know. Bivol put on one of those, you know, potentially star-making performances, yeah. but I, I just don't believe he has the personality to be a oh, huge yeah. superstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was definitely one of those star-making performances, and hopefully, you know, like he said, he alluded to, you know, he wants to be treated like a champion the next time they fight, when they fight in September. And from my, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the purse was 15 – Canelo was guaranteed $15 million for his purse and uh Bevel was guaranteed two million. That's right. <laughs> it's not necessarily right. I but I mean he's the star. I mean it's just like Mike Tyson. That's eighty back. that's eight that's like eighty twenty. Yeah, that's eighty he's saying is this when that's you're Canelo, 20. it's about right though. No, it's not. No, it's not. I mean Bevel was a champion. Hold on, hold on. Bevel was a champion. Bevel was the champion at one seventy five, yeah. right? You know, to be let's be honest, to be treated, you know, like a a lower level fighter and only get you know if if there's a guaranteed seventeen million and you only giving me two. Well, we know. Come on, that, man. Right? Well, we if know I was Bivol, if I I know there's a rematch clause, but if I was Bivol, I would hold this thing out as long as possible. For what? We know the game, but you know this. Will like come on? Like, how many? How, what's Will, what is what has Bivol done in terms of crowded of people coming to buy a ticket to see his fight? I get it. I understand that, but at the same time, look, you want to fight me for my strap. Yeah, it's like Mike Tyson. We were like even Mike Tyson. He his purses were tremendously over a lot of people. It's Mike. I, I can't recall it being like eighty twenty it's though. Crazy, but other than like Evander, even out. I mean, Evander was closer, but even Evander, he got a, a, and Evander is Evander. This is I mean, no knock on again. I when I saw Bill, I was highly impressed. Like I thought I, to me, off skill alone, I think he's one of the from what I watched. Just off skill, from what I watch, I think he's one of the top boxers in the world, period. Like, to your point, I think off of performances, and now he got – the thing about it, like, for, for a lot of people, now he's on the stage to say, yo, I, don't, I ain't an 80-20 now. Because you got to fight the dude to put you on the stage for everybody to see. Yeah, it's got to be so 60-40. The, yeah. At least. At least. No, I agree now because now you've been put on the stage. You have now been showcased to see, like, you, have, you are that guy. Like, for instance, a lot of people think Winky was a good fighter. Right, but he had to be put on the stage to make more money. No, I get it. I yeah. I understand that. Yeah. I, I totally understand that, and I respect that. Um, but you know, um, I'm interested to see. Well, I, I think you know, going, you know, you know, when when the rematch or if the rematch is, is signed, if you bevel going into the second fight, you have to know. All right, I have to knock this dude out, yeah. or I have to knock him down multiple to. times because look, <laughs> if they're going to score that fight, one fifteen to one thirteen. <laughs> Then um, you, if you, you bevel, you have to come in with the intention of I have to knock this guy. I agree. I agree. I, I think so too. Because if that's a one fifteen, one thirteen scorecard, then I have to knock him out. Yeah, I, I have to knock him down. It, like because that was doubt. Like to me, that was no doubt. Yeah. Like that beating was no doubt to like to a point where it should have been one of those scorecards where everything is about close to like. I guess you could say like a one eighteen or one. I think if it's one ten or one eleven, something like that. You know what I mean? Like have to be one those that type of scorecard. It couldn't be like an almost even card. Like yeah. you know what I mean? That it was impossible. Like I don't even think you could accidentally even like. And I, I put it this way: I'm a pro Canelo dude. 
And I was like, nah. <laughs> like, if you want to, there's bias in, I know I get there's bias in every time. I'm not biased. There's bias for most folks who do a card. There is a certain bias of what you're looking for, right? If a boxer fits your style, mm-hmm. you tend to do it. But when I watch that fight, I'm like, ugh. Like, there is no round. And I felt like the one round I gave him was a swing round. Like, the yeah. one round I gave him was a swing round. At, at the, at the, I don't know, the closest to me, yeah. just looking at that fight, the closest I, I could have scored it would probably be 116, 112. That's, and that's me being extremely generous. generous. Exactly. That's me being extremely exactly. generous. What about, what about you, Ray? The, my scorecard? Yeah. Yeah, I had it actually 116 and 112 because some of the swing rounds, like round yeah. one, I gave it to Canelo. He okay. Devil, probably won that round. Yeah. So I have no problem, but I, I agree with you guys. It was definitive. It shouldn't have been in question at all. And like I said, and a lot of other boxing analysts, <laughs> if Canelo beats him in the, in the 12th round because maybe Bill was like, I'm just going post to the victory. <laughs> and that's, that's freaking hilarious. Yeah. But it's, it's boxing. And, I mean, come on now. We talk about our own personal bias. Boxing needs Canelo Alvarez. He's he's carried the sport. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it it's is. like Tank and Errol Spence are the closest to him that are draws. Everybody else, as talented as they are, Shakur, uh, Terrence Crawford, hey, they just don't generate the same popularity worldwide as Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, yeah this crazy. Is, this is true. This is so true. All right, you're listening to the Urban Sports scene, part of Empire Media at EmpireMedia.com. All right, um, and I have this question posted too as well. Canelo was known... As number one pound for pound, with this loss, do you still have him number one? I'm start with you, Will. No, I, I don't. Um, I think you know the the easy the easy um, answer would be either Bud or Errol Spence Jr. Okay, right? Th- those are the easy answers, um, and I'm gonna stick with the easy answers because we're almost out of town. <laughs> right. I still do because I feel as though, okay. although there's controversy about his competition, he's been the most active. He has fought numerous competitors, and he's won a spectacular fashion in all of those fights, whether it's been Billy Joe Saunders, to Caleb Plant, to Callum Smith, to Yildirim. He's, he's, he's dominated. Mm-hmm. And again, I know people don't like those fights. Of course, I want the Charlo and the Benavidez fight, just like the real boxing fans do. But at least in comparison to Crawford and and maybe not and Spence had an accident. That's the only reason I I can't put him in a discussion. Yeah. But Canelo's been the most active champion. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I get it. I'm talking. I'm t- I, 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 I would leave him right where he is, and he stepped up. He yeah. Stepped up again. On Twitter, um, at hot hot Spurs fifty five said Canelo was going two divisions. Um, IP lean. He is a a middleweight. He said that on on the press conference, he's. He's a risk taker, and, a pe- and and people need a, need to appreciate that. Absolutely, he's still number one. Um, on our IG page um, at Lee dot thirty four forty nine said Bud, and I know George um, posted something on Facebook. I'll get to that later. Um, but I think George uh, George I'll paraphrase. George said you would have to lean towards Bud or Fury. Um, it you know Bud or Fury at this point in time. Um. It's hard. Once I, you know, I'm with you, Ray. Like, you want to, one loss, I guess to me, Bivol is so talented. I don't want to, like, take that away from him. Like, and you're going up, do Bivol's bigger. There's a lot of things that you go, you're looking into, and you're like, you know what? You're finding a bigger dude 
right? That's one. You're going to that. But you, that you want to that's fair. That's yeah. fair. You know, to, to, you know, because he took on the challenge of going up two weight classes. Yeah. But it's not just it's him taking on challenge. It's the way he I lost. I agree. That's what I'm saying. That's what I do. Like, that's the thing that kind of like, and that holds me back is the way he lost. He was dominated. So now I'm he like. He knocked down, no? Huh? He didn't get knocked down. He didn't get knocked he, down. He could have He could have got knocked down. The there way. were there were there were points in that fight. I Bruh. believe like the I, I want to say the eighth round. Yeah, where he got hit hard. He got yeah, hit. we got hit yeah. hard, and it was, it's a testament to his chin. His chin is Bruh. his chin is mean. Like yeah, he has a but granite that, I mean, chin. But I, but right, you're right. He didn't get knocked down, but he damn near got dominated all the like the whole fight though. Like you just said, 12, 16, 12. We all said sixteen twelve. Like well, I didn't say sixteen twelve. You and Will basically had like sixteen twelve, and I feel like some like and you said it was swing. Like you got like usually when you're the when you're pound for pound the one like you don't get dominated like the whole fight you know what I'm saying like that's my thing like and again I'm with I kind of like I'm like on the I'm on the fence with it with I'm like I'm on the fence with it because I do want to reward him for what he did as a as a champ like he's fought everybody I know people want to say like oh he ducked Earl or like Earl tried to fight him he said no Charlo tried to fight him he said no Benavidez tried to fight him he said no but in the, the day like he fought some top tier talent. And he's taking them out, you know what I'm saying, regardless of what you want to say. But if I had to be fair and not biased in the situation, I'm like, all right, it's between Tyson Fury and Bud. And you can make the argument that Fury, and you can put Fury over the top because he's, he's a king of, of his heavyweight division. You could say that. But I would, I would lean on Bud. I would say Bud's the, the, right now the, the best in the world. Um. Hey, no argument for me. Yeah, it's, no it's argument. It's a great discussion. Yeah, it's a great discussion that we'll continue to have as we look towards uh, other big fights in the you know in the coming months. I I, don't, I can't think of the next big fight. The next big fight. Uh, Charlo Castaño is this weekend. Well, that's going to be a good fight. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's gonna, for the under, for undisputed. And then you got Devin Haney Cambosis. I believe is it, well Tank actually fights that bum Raleigh. Yeah, that. like no no one cares yeah, about. Yeah. I mean I mean then, Tank then you Tank got draws. Yeah, Tank yeah, draws Tank people, draw. but I, I don't think people really care about that fight. People are excuse me tune in to we'll watch. Have Crawford, we have Crawford Spence later hopefully, this year. Man, if they I can get about. the numbers right. That's what I care about, bro. That's what I care about. Absolutely. Well fellas it's part of our HBCU corner segment. We'll play our pre tape interview with Bowie State University football coach Damon Wilson, after the break, you're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages, get it. deuces on Empire Media. That's empiremedia.com. Straight out of ATL. Got young one. Chopping that thing, baby. Swiss beats. Full surface. Come on.
listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Wole, and we are part of Ampire Media at ampiremedia.com. All right, it's time for HBCU Corner. This segment spotlights coaches and players within HBCU athletics. Here's an interview with Bowie State University football coach Damon Wilson. Welcome back to HBCU Corner. Right now we have Bowie State University football coach Damon Wilson. Coach Wilson has led Bowie State to three straight CIAA championships, including a 2021 championship. What's up, Coach Wilson, and welcome to the Urban Sports Thing, and also part of HBCU Corner. Hey, guys, thanks for having me, guys, and uh, you know, I'm excited to be here today with you guys. It's great to have you on. So I'm at, we asked like a nice little softball question, the first question, <laughs> just to get things relaxed. I've never been to a CIAA tournament. I just want to know what the experience. How is it? What the experience? What is that experience like? And you shortchanging yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's, it's an event where if, you, if you're 16, 15 years old, you can have a good time, and mm-hmm. if, if you're 85, you can have a good time. So mm-hmm. there's something. There's something for everyone, but it's nothing but uh, it's a positive environment, positive vibes, uh, just to see so many people come together to support their alma maters and that sort of thing in that turn at the tournament. And what's, what's, is there a difference? I know this year was in Baltimore. Is it a difference for like Baltimore, North Carolina? It's a difference this year for me just because, you know, it's right up the street from us. Uh, I didn't have to get on the flight. <laughs> and go. Uh, however, I still made sure I still had a hotel because, uh, you know, sometimes you had them long nights. So you, mm-hmm. want, you want to be able to, you know, stay there and, and, and get up in the morning and go to the events and that sort of thing. So that's the only major difference. But I think Baltimore did a great job uh, this year with his first year hosting the tournament. We. Oui. So, so coach, I'm going to kick it off with the first real question. I just want to tell you, I interviewed you a couple years back with the round ball report. And mind you, the round ball report is a basketball show. So it's like, why is a basketball show interviewing a football coach? Well, we caught you at halftime because, of course, the football team was being celebrated during the basketball game. Because right. I just feel like right now what you're building is amazing on campus. And the, the students, your success is just translate. Amir was on the squad at the time I interviewed you. So uh, it, it was popping. And I just wanted to get a feel for how, you know, you've been able to build the program the way you've been. When I talked to you then, football season was over, but you said, it's never over for me. I'm I'm building a recruiting pad tomorrow. So just talk about building a powerhouse at Bowie State, your alma mater, and what it takes to do that. Man, it's been a great experience, you know. Uh, and the first thing you have to do is surround yourself with good, good people, uh, with good coaches. You know, those guys have done a great job recruiting and helping our guys matriculate in the classroom. And uh, when you have success in the classroom, those guys are doing well on the football field as well. So now you don't have to worry about trying to teach a, a, a new set of, of, of players every year because you have guys, like I say, matriculating in the classroom. Therefore, they're eligible on the football field. And uh, those guys brought into what we're doing. You know, it's been a process, uh, but we're extremely excited, excited about where we are now and the direction we're going. Um, you know, we had a great recruiting class this, this past uh, signing period. We're looking, at, looking to pick up a few more uh, late transfers to fill us to fill us a voice but all in all man, it's been a, a great experience so for you coach i mean we, like ray mentioned uh this is your alma mater um how is there like any pressure you know going back and just to be you know trying to build up build this program to something successful or something to some, some sort of a powerhouse of what you've done so far I don't, I don't want to say pressure. This is something that I envisioned as, as a student athlete at the university. And unfortunately, we weren't able to accomplish some of the things that uh, that we've been able to do recently here. And I think a lot of that, you don't you don't win and you don't have success until it's your time 
to have that. You have to put the necessary work in and and, and go through the you know that roller coaster ride, if you will, uh, to get to a point. And I think right now as a university, we've gotten to a point where we have a certain expectation, and that expectation isn't going to change just because you graduate 20 seniors. The next class is, is next man up mentality. Right. And uh, one thing that we say all the time is tradi tradition never graduates. And that's something that I believe in. So we can graduate 20 to 30 guys each year. But at the end of the day, my expectation isn't going to change. That's awesome. And also, I mean, you brought this school the first CIAA championship. Like, can you explain, can you talk about that? Like, you're the first, like, Louis State's first CIAA championship. <laughs> that's you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that's us as a program you know those are guys on the football field and the coaching staff uh putting in the necessary work to accomplish that uh that, and it was it was a great opportunity a great uh experience uh just because it's a winner first you know to be the first we say university been playing football since 1970 and, and in order to uh to get to the point where we are today there's a lot of people before us that gave us an opportunity so we're just kind of trying to you know continue to use those guys shoulders and springboards to continue to take this program to the next level you also won in 2021 this season. Um, who are some of the key players to help you, you know, achieve that goal? Uh, offensively, you got to go with quarterback Jerome Johnson, uh, Khalil Wilkins. Those guys pretty, uh, you know, made our offense go. Of course, with our big fellas in front, uh, we had some guys, Steph Stefani, um, uh, Justice Davis. Those guys did a great job opening up holes for our running back and allowing the quarterback uh, to throw the ball downfield a little bit and defensively. Uh, Joshua Pry, you know, he's been a mainstay in our defense. We were able to pick up a guy like Miles Wolfup, who uh, who played well for us this past year, and Tevin Singleton and, and Wes Bowers. So we had a number of guys that that contributed, uh, and that's one thing about our program. It's not going to be a one-person uh, show. You know, you're going to have – we're going to do it by committee, uh, and but everybody's going to have an opportunity to get the individual accolades as we win as a team. I appreciate that. So talk about some of the goals that you have. I know, of course, the ultimate goal is to win. But in terms of the school, the program, HBCUs are growing. What's your outlook for the future of the Bowie State football program? My goal from day one is to win a national championship. I want to be the first mm -hmm. HBCU to win a national championship. And I think when I said that 12 years ago, folks looked at me like I was crazy, being as though we didn't have a CIAA championship. Now you're talking about a program that's finished the top 10 in that country in D2 football at number six out of 162 uh, programs. That's that's a major accomplishment, uh, but we know there's still a lot of work ahead of us. Uh, I want to see a new stadium. It's something that we're working on right now. I think the university deserves a new stadium, and it's something that uh, something that I said once again 12 years ago that I wanted to uh, try to as uh, assist uh, with that process and make sure that we get everything that's, that, that's, uh, that we deserve. And that's one thing our administration is pushing uh, to get certain things done and uh, – you know, we're excited about that. All right, so we're going to talk about your resume. I ain't going to try to age you here. You know, you still look good, bro. But you, you got <laughs> no, some experience. <laughs> you, you coached at Prairie View, of course, a &M. Shout out to them, Texas Southern. Uh, you've been at multiple HBCU programs. Just what does it mean to you to coach at HBCU? And again, what do you see the future of HBCU athletics? Because it's growing, it's continuing to move in the right direction. So where do you see it headed and what does it mean to you personally? You know, it's great, you know, and one thing that I always talk about is the HBCU experience or the HBCU culture. I don't look at uh, my, my resume as coaching at HBCUs from a football standpoint, but the other entities that, go, that goes with uh, coaching at HBCU is just about that culture, about that experience, about people that look alike um, and have some similar backgrounds, getting the necessary support in that family environment. You know, you talk about the homecoming experience, talking about the Greek life. 
you're able to encounter some things at HBCU, HBCU that you may not have at the other universities. And uh, that's something that's really uh, near and dear to me. Uh, it's something that when you look across the country and in, in, uh, in career fields, you know, some of our uh, most prominent people graduate from HBCUs. So, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing to have the opportunity to have an impact on so many young men's lives on a daily basis. All right, so I want to pause real quick. I, I love everything you're saying, of course, but uh, you mentioned homecoming. When you were on campus back when you were younger, uh, describe that experience in, in comparison to how it is today. We went to UMES, by the way, so our homecoming yeah. was always at a different time. Yeah. But right. I'm sure you're familiar with us as well. Yeah, because so we, we have football. We didn't have football team. We didn't have football team. We had a basketball homecoming. We had so. a good basketball homecoming, no doubt. So, 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 so for me as a student, you know, and, and, and it's really interesting because I, I say the same thing to our guys now. I'm really enjoying myself now as an alum and the head coach at the university versus when I was a student because as, as a student athlete, homecomings weren't for me. It was for the alumni. You know, it was for the alumni. And I, I've told every president, well, the two presidents I worked for at Bowie State University, that I'm an alumnus first before the head coach. So at the end, at the end of the day, at a homecoming event, we're going to make sure we handle our business on the field so I can have a good time with my fellow alums out of the game. And and that's something that whole week is about giving back to the alumni. And it's our obligation as a football program to make sure we do what we need to do to show the people that, that went to the university before us, you know, how much we respect and appreciate what they've done for the university. Oh, yeah, that's great. It's, he's right, though. It is about the alumni. You know, homecoming is about that. I got to do better. I enjoy myself now, for sure. <laughs> I know, that's right. <laughs> I got to do better about that. You know, hey, grown-up parties are awesome, man. No doubt. <laughs> they're, they're way better, right? The grown-up parties Indeed. are way better. <laughs> hey, Coach, <laughs> hey, Coach, thanks for being on. Is there anything you'd like to add? No, guys, like I said, I appreciate you guys for having me on, man, and what you guys are doing and highlighting HBCUs and just sports in general. Uh, it's great, man. So anything that I can ever do to help you guys, man, I'm a phone call away, so I appreciate you guys. Well, thanks, Coach, and thanks for being on HBCU Corner. We appreciate you. You got it. Thanks a lot, guys. No doubt. Take it easy, man. Wasn't he dope, man? Again, that was Coach Damon Wilson. He's the head coach of Bowie State University football team. So, hey, man, support the program. Support HBCUs. You can also find the video to this interview on our Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel. All right, it's time to end the show. So make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and on our and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page as well. Make sure, again, that you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel. All right. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Amp Papyrus Media, at amppapyrmedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amp Papyrus shows, as well as other great content. Again, thank you all for tuning in to the Urban Sports Scene. You know, we appreciate y'all. We still... We still drop out hits, bangers. That's like that's what I like to call them. So what I'm about to say, oh, you know. What am I about to say? Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Wait, wait, wait. I know, I know, I know, I know. Here you go, go. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Saying for IJS. Yidig Deuces. A mega. Lead us out, big homie.